Section 188 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 229. Blackheath, September 5, 1758. My dear friend, I received with great pleasure your letter of the 22nd August. For, by not having a line from you in your secretary's two letters, I suspect that you were worse than he cared to tell me. So far was I in the right, that your fever was more malignant than intermitting ones generally are, which seldom confines people to their bed, or, at most, only the days of the paroxysms. Now that, thank God, you are well again, though weak, do not be in too much haste to be better and stronger. Leave that to nature, which at your age will restore both your health and strength as soon as she should. Live cool for a time, and rather low, instead of taking what they call heartening things. Your manner of making presents is noble, et sans la grandeur d'âme d'un preux chevalier. You depreciate their value to prevent any returns, for it is impossible that a wine which has counted so many syndics, that can only be delivered by a senatus consultum, and is the panacea of the north, should be sold for a ducat a bottle. The silphium of the Romans, which was stored up in the public magazines, and only distributed by order of the magistrate, I dare say cost more, so that I am convinced your present is much more valuable than you would make it. Here I am interrupted by receiving your letter of the twenty-fifth past. I am glad that you are able to undertake your journey to Bremen. The motion, the air, the new scene, the everything will do you good, provided you manage yourself discreetly. Your bill for fifty pounds shall certainly be accepted and paid, but as in conscience I think fifty pounds is too little, for seeing a live landgrave, and especially at Bremen, which this whole nation knows to be a very dear place, I shall, with your leave, add fifty more to it. By the way, when you see the Princess Royal of Castle, be sure to tell her how sensible you are of the favourable and too partial testimony which you know she wrote of you to Princess Amelia. The King of Prussia has had the victory, which you in some measure foretold, and as he has taken la casse militaire, I presume Messieurs les Russes sont hors de combat pour cette campagne, for point d'argent, point de Suisse, is not truer of the laudable Helvetic body than point d'argent, point de Russes, is of the savages of the two Russias, not even excepting the autocratrice of them both. Sir Belloni, I believe, stands next in his Prussian Majesty's list to be beaten, that is, if he will stand, as the Prince de Soubise does in Prince Ferdinand's, upon the same condition. If both these things happen, which is by no means improbable, we may hope for a tolerable peace this winter, for, au bout du compte, the King of Prussia cannot hold out another year, and therefore he should make the best of these favourable events, by way of negotiation. I think I have written a great deal, with an actual giddiness of head upon me, so adieu. I am glad you received my letter of the Ides of July. Letter 230 Blackheath, September 8, 1758. My dear friend, this letter shall be short, being only an explanatory note upon my last, for I am not learned enough, nor yet dull enough, to make my comment much longer than my text. I told you then, in my former letter, that with your leave, which I will suppose granted, I would add fifty pounds to your draft for that sum. Now, lest you should misunderstand this, and wait for the remittance of that additional fifty from hence, Know then my meaning was, that you should likewise draw upon me for it when you please, which I presume will be more convenient to you. 
Let the pedants, whose business it is to believe lies, or the poets, whose trade it is to invent them, match the king of Prussia with a hero in ancient or modern story, if they can. He disgraces history, and makes one give some credit to romances. Calprinides Juba does not now seem so absurd as formerly. I have been extremely ill this whole summer, but am now something better. However, I perceive que l'esprit et le corps besoin. The former is the last thing that anybody will tell me, or own it when I tell them, but I know it is true. Adieu. Letter 231. Blackheath, September twenty-second, 1758. My dear friend, I have received no letter from you since you left Hamburg. I presume that you are perfectly recovered, but it might not have been improper to have told me so. I am very far from being recovered. On the contrary, I am worse and worse, weaker and weaker every day, for which reason I shall leave this place next Monday and set out for Bath a few days afterward. I should not take all this trouble merely to prolong the fag end of a life, from which I can expect no pleasure, and others no utility, but the cure, or at least the mitigation, of those physical ills which make that life a load while it does last, is worth any trouble and attention. We are come off but scurvily from our second attempt upon St. Malo. It is our last for this season, and in my mind should be our last for ever, unless we were to send so great a sea and land force as to give us a moral certainty of taking some place of great importance, such as Brest, Rochefort, or Toulon. Monsieur Munchausen embarked yesterday, as he said, for Prince Ferdinand's army. But as it is not generally thought that his military skill can be of any great use to that prince, people conjecture that his business must be of a very different nature, and suspect separate negotiations, neutralities, and what not. Knipphausen does not relish it in the least, and is by no means satisfied with the reasons that have been given him for it. Before he can arrive there, I reckon that something decisive will have passed in Saxony, if to the disadvantage of the king of Prussia he is crushed, but if on the contrary he should get a complete victory, and he does not get half-victories, over the Austrians, the winter may probably produce him and us a reasonable peace. I look upon Russia as hors de combat for some time. France is certainly sick of the war, under an unambitious king, and an incapable ministry, if there is one at hand, at all, and, unassisted by those two powers, the empress-queen had better be quiet. Were any other man in the situation of the King of Prussia, I should not hesitate to pronounce him ruined, but he is such a prodigy of a man, that I will only say, I fear he will be ruined. It is by this time decided. Your castle court at Bremen is, I doubt, not very splendid. Money must be wanting. But, however, I dare say their table is always good, for the landgrave is a gourmand, and as you are domestic there, you may be so too, and recruit your loss of flesh from your fever but do not recruit too fast. Adieu. End of section 188. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.